What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's out of Max Sports. Instagram is also out of Max Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 62. It's just us today. A lot of football, college yeah. and pros. Mm-hmm. Another crazy week in the NFL for sure. We just had pretty much the same as last week where we thought last week was going to be a fluke. Uh, of all these these good teams losing and these bad teams winning, but we got it again this week. Uh, so because we don't warm. know anything, Kyle, we don't know what's we, going on. We really we don't, don't know who's good, it's, who's not. We're we're going into week eleven the same way <laughs> that we were going into week one in the way who actually I feel like we're we're less clear now in week eleven than we were in week one on which teams are good and which teams are bad. Yeah, nothing's really changed, but yeah, it's our job sure. to tell you. Who's real? Who's fake? We're going to try to do that today. Yes, sir. Uh, I say we get it started with the opener, shall we? Yeah. Wait, what about uh, favorite number 62? Ah, good catch there. Uh My favorite number 62, since you asked, Skyler, was Steph Curry dropping 62 on the Portland Trailblazers last year for his career high. Couldn't really think of any better way to describe 62 because i don't really remember any players were in that number uh so 62 steph's career high steph's my favorite basketball player of all time so might as well give that as the best number 62 that's a pretty good one uh i went with some actual numbers here uh jabba chamberlain big flamethrower from the yankees he won a game in the world series for the yankees 2009 uh some other ones sean doolittle A's favorite, of course. Mm-hmm. And Jason Kelsey, the brother of Travis, played center for 10 years for the Eagles. So, you know, a little slim here on the number 62. But we got some uh, some good stuff. Yeah. Jason Kelsey is a good one, mm-hmm. except for the fact he uh, he pulled up or got a, a personal foul against the Raiders this year for, I don't know, shoving Corey Littleton or something like that. But with that being said, now let's get to our opener. All right. My opener is... Let me just set the scene real quick. So Washington football team is playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the weekend. They get off to a great start. They pick Brady off twice in their first three drives. They go up six to nothing. They weren't really able to capitalize on those drives as they only got field goals. Uh, But here we are in the fourth quarter. 12 minutes left in the game. Tampa Bay is down by 10. It's 13 to 23. Taylor Heineke finds Dax Milne or Milne, however you want to say his last name. Yes. Uh, and he fumbles. Tampa Bay picks up the ball. Uh, three plays later, Tampa Bay makes it a four-point game after a 40-yard touchdown to Mike Evans and uh, a missed extra point for Ryan Suckup. That then gives Washington football team the ball with 10.55 left in the four- fourth quarter. 19 plays, 80 yards later, and 10 minutes and 30 seconds later, Washington football team scores a touchdown. The longest drive of the year, pretty much. Uh, by far, the the most majestic drive that we've seen this whole season in football ends in a touchdown. Tampa Bay has no choice but to lose now at this point. They're down by 10 with 30 seconds left because Washington just iced the game. And that's crazy. That's honestly the best thing that I saw in, in a tough week of <clears throat> football as a Raider fan. Yeah. Well, the best thing I saw was a college football game. On Saturday night, I was telling Kyle 
man, you got to turn this on. This is getting good. Mm-hmm. It was San Diego State. They got the win at home against Nevada, um, 23 to 21. And this, more importantly, this is the Carson Strong game. The quarterback for Nevada, he's kind of been a questionable first-round uh, projected quarterback this year in a weak class. And he proved everybody wrong that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 350 yards, three touchdowns. They didn't get the job done, but he did have a great drive in the fourth quarter to retake the lead 21-20. His defense just couldn't stop him. And, you know, he, he's got no help at all. His offensive line's terrible. He's got one good receiver who, uh, you know, smart teams and great defenses like San Diego State will take him away at the end of the game, which is what happened. But great for Carson Strong, you know, and uh, he's looking like a first-rounder and my opinion now. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I like you and R and Carson Strong looks like he's going to be a good quarterback. I was, like I was trying said. to figure out if he was, you know, Andy Dalton or if he was big Ben and he's looking more like big Ben. <laughs> well, that's good for him. And now let's get to the Macklet sports player of the week. We had four NFL guys uh, this weekend. And uh, what's weird about our, our player of the week is that since we don't get, that many votes too often and the, the votes are, are swayed pretty big by which team's fan base sees the hashtags and sees the, the posts first. And I think after I tell you the results of this, we're, we're kind of going to see on what teams fans got there first. So first off we had Patrick Mahomes obviously had a great game on, on Sunday night football, 400 Sorry, yards, five touchdowns. I don't need to say much about that because I'll explain a little bit later. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I think at eight catches, 160 yards and two touchdowns against the jets. Uh, we had Ramondre Stevenson, 20 carries, hundred yards and two touchdowns. And, uh, his big step up start when Damian Harris was out with a concussion, I believe. And then we had Cam Newton, Cam Newton, first two plays that he was in resulting in two touchdowns. Didn't really do much besides that, but that alone and Cam saying, I'm back. That was enough to put him on this list. And here's how the voting went. With 13%, we had Stefan Diggs coming in last place. With 23% of the vote, we had Patrick Mahomes coming in third place. We had Cam Newton in second place with 31% of the votes. And the first place player, who I actually think had the worst day out of all of these guys, is Ramondre Stevenson with 33% of the votes. So Pat's Nation got there before Bill's Mafia and uh, whatever you call the the Panthers fan base as, as well as the chiefs. Came. I voted for cam. I voted for cam as well. <laughs> I, I thought that was, that was a good vote. I think that's going to be something interesting for the Panthers. We're not going to talk too much about it today, uh, but we're going to be talking a lot of NFC teams. Yeah, a little while to start, we'll be talking about it next week. That's true. He, and he's supposed to get to start. That's what, uh, what Matt rule said that he, he's going to get first team reps and that's what they look to use him as going into their, their next game against the Washington football team, like we talked about a little bit earlier. But it is a rough week for me and Skyler, man. I know Brett's not yeah. here, so uh, if he was talking about the Niners, he'd be ecstatic with their big Monday night win over the Rams. But he's not here, so it's going to get a little depressing with me and Skyler and our Jet and Raider reports. Why don't you go first with the Jet one? Yeah, uh, you know, there's not going to be much to talk about here. The Jets lost 45-17. to 17. Uh, Mike White threw four picks. Um it, it's the two Michael Carters, uh, the running back from North Carolina, 80 total yards and a touchdown, the safety nickel corner from Duke. Um, what do you have? 
four tackle. I knew the other stuff. I didn't know the tackles. Four tackles. He had a pass deflection, a quarterback hit, and a recovered fumble. Uh, those guys have been great. Um, <clears throat> but that's about it. I'll talk more about the Bills later. We're we'll doing a little AFC East dive. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, we got Miami next week. I'm hoping Zach Wilson's ready to play because if not, there's really nothing to watch for with the Jets. Uh, that's fair. That's it. Yeah, we had a Sunday night game against the Chiefs. First drive was amazing. Chiefs offense finds on find themselves on the field. Three plays, six yards, three and out. We get the ball back. We end up punting. They get the ball. Touchdown. Uh, but the score ended up being 41 to 14 Chiefs. We got blown out. Uh, another just kind of same script of the last two years that it looks like for the Raiders, where they start off hot, get all this talk about, hey, can they be – can they be an AFC wild card team? Can they contend for this playoff spot? And then they fall off in the second half of the season. And we're starting to see that falling off right, right now. Uh, just a tough game. Carr didn't play the greatest. Uh, nobody really played that well in general. I, I know Max Crosby played well as, just like he always does, uh, but he got held a couple times, wasn't able to get to the quarterback. Uh, defense didn't play the greatest. Abram was torched in coverage. Casey Hayward was fine, but he dropped the pick. Same thing with Trayvon Merrig. Uh, we couldn't run the ball. We had 3.6 yards per carry, and that's never going to get the job done. Uh, Deshaun Jackson caught his first pass with the Raiders in his first target and then fumbled it uh, after catching it 40 yards downfield. So that was quite interesting. Brian Edwards, uh, even though his stat line looks kind of good with three catches, 88 yards and a touchdown, he did not have the greatest day in one-on-one coverage. Hunter Renfro, seven catches, 46 yards and a touchdown, played pretty well. Waller couldn't find his way open that much. Uh, Alec Engold, fullback, tore his ACL, so that sucks there, and he's obviously out for the rest of the season. It's just a disappointing day uh, in, in total for, for the Raiders, uh, but – you got to move on. Go. Got to get to next week uh, with the Bengals. Rough. Yeah, it was a rough one for for me and Skyler this week. Uh, but let's get to where's your head at. So the first thing that we're going to talk about though is the two big losses that we saw in the NFC this week with the Bucks and the Rams. Bucks to the Washington Football Team and Rams to the Niners. Which loss means more, Skyler? I think it's the Rams. Uh, they don't really have a deep threat, and we've seen, I've talked about it a little bit, they can't really come back from a deficit. Um, also, don't know if they could stop the run. I don't really know why they were thrusted to the top of the Super Bowl odds recently. I know they got some big names, but they still have work to do, and they've still had a lot of injuries. I think Tampa Bay will be just all right, because we all know their season doesn't start until January. <laughs> so... I'm more concerned about the Rams. Yeah, I, I think both these teams make the playoffs regardless. I, I don't know if the Rams win their division with how good the Cardinals have been. Uh, but since that was a divisional game against the Niners and divisional games to go anyway, I'm going to say I'm more worried with the Buccaneers. And that's kind of just based off of the time time of possession that we saw in, in that game against Washington. I already mentioned that 10-minute drive, but time of possession in that game went 20 minutes to 40 minutes uh, with it favoring Washington. And when you are a good team, you can't have your defense out there for 40, 40 minutes of the 60 minute game. And that's just not going to get the job done, especially when you have that good of an offense that's on that's on your team. You got to have those guys out there as much as possible. 
And when you have th- this defense that is supposed to be really, really good, uh, I know they're down some corners right now, but you can't uh, you can't allow the other team to have the ball for 40 minutes. And that's that's pretty much it at this point. Uh, Bucks, I think they're going to be fine. But right now, th- that's a big worry for me is being able to stop the run, uh, being able to stop the third down conversions, and just the little things on that defensive side of the ball. Now we're going to talk about the Packers. And uh, the Packers are very, very interesting because they just – they're just a sleeper team, honestly. At, at this point, the, their defense played really, really well on Sunday when they shut down the, the Seahawks. And so our headline here is, are the Packers the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I think you have to put them at number one right now. Uh, the defense has been just amazing. I mean, they're making Kevin King look good. And this was one of the mm-hmm. worst qualified players in the NFL last year. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Jones is hurt, which is tough, but AJ Dillon's averaging four yards per carry and you can never count out Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I, I think you got to put them at one. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking on the Aaron Jones injury as well, like the loss of Aaron Jones doesn't mean that much when you have AJ Dillon, the way that he's been playing these last few weeks. That's why I, I'm going to go with yes here as well. Uh, part part of that's due to the defense. I mean, we were, we were talking about the Packers a couple weeks ago and, and how the run defense really wasn't capable of being as good as some of these other top NFC teams like the Rams, uh, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. But now, I mean, that that run defense and that defense in general, it, they're locked in, man. I, they got that shutout this week against the, the Seahawks, and they were in a game against the Chiefs where they had Jordan Love starting. So they, they lost 13 to seven or whatever in that game. And whenever you're, you're holding the Chiefs to 13 points in the game, you're definitely doing something right. So with that being said, Aaron Rodgers at the helm, defense playing well, and Devontae Adams being being Devontae Adams, I think you got to say that the Packers are the best team in the NFC. The top five seeds in the NFC are pretty figured out with uh, the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, the Cowboys and the Cardinals, but the last two, the six and seven seeds uh, with their seven spots being in the playoffs the last few years. And, and now in the future as well, who, who's going to take those spots? I mean, you have so many different mm-hmm. teams that can take the, those six or seven wildcard spot. And that's the saints, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Niners, the Falcons, the Eagles. And you can even make a case for like the Seahawks or the bears, or even like the Washington football team too. So it's, yeah. it's really wide open. And who do you think is going to take those last two spots, Skyler? All right. You want me to start with six? Uh, yeah, we'll do six first, and then, and then we'll go to seven. Okay. So six, I have the Niners. I think they're mostly healthy right now. I know there were a couple things we found out uh, today. But overall, for the Niners and their history of injuries, they're looking great. Uh, the offense has been very simple. Uh, you know, Jimmy to Debo short, Jimmy to Kittle short, and run. They got crazy run schemes. Um, and they have the head to head win over Chicago. If it comes down to them, uh, they've proven they can compete with the Rams, the Packers and the Cardinals this year, uh, like San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco is a good one. They also have a big game against Minnesota coming up mm-hmm. here soon. So that's going to be the tiebreaker game. that We'll probably look back at in the future, but my sixth seed is going to be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, their defense we, we know is legit. That's something that we already know. If CMC stays healthy, this is a team that can legitimately be the sixth seed. 
And my reasoning isn't because Cam Newton's back. I don't think he's going to be playing that well. I don't think he's going to be some MVP Cam once again. I mean, if he is, then they're definitely getting the sixth seed. But if he isn't, like how we're expecting him to be, I think CMC just kind of makes up for everything at that point. And we haven't seen a healthy CMC seems like in like a year and a half at this point. So if he stays healthy, defense plays well, I think they can they can ride those two things to, to get about 10, nine, nine or 10 wins and sneak into that six spot. Now on to seven. All right. The seven seed, I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, their defense, I don't really need to talk about them. They're amazing. Demario Davis is crazy. I don't know why the Jets ever let him go. Um, and, you know, Trevor Simeon has been great, but I think – it should be Taysom Hill at some point this year. Uh, they need Kamara back, definitely. Uh, they don't really know when he will be back. He's not practicing this week, so probably not playing this week. Uh, but mm-hmm. they beat Tampa Bay and New England, and they beat Tennessee last week if their kicker isn't hurt. So I, I like New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans is a good one. Uh, I left New Orleans off of this, though, just because – I think them and Carolina are very, very similar teams. Mm. I know Carolina beats them in the first time that they played and they play later on the season as well. But I, I see the defense being pretty much par for, for, for both those two teams. They're, they're pretty equal. And then when it comes to the offensive side, I think Carolina is just a slight bit better. That's why I give Carolina the sixth spot. And then the seventh spot, I'm sticking with what I said last week, even though they have <clears> a terrible <throat> loss this week. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. And that's because they can decide their own destiny with the teams that they're playing down the stretch. They obviously have a shit ton of divisional games, but they also play Washington, Houston, Chicago, Detroit. And if you win those four games alone, that's seven wins. And if you play well in your division, take two out of two out of four, that gives you nine wins. And I know people are going to be like, hey, well, they just got destroyed against Green Bay. But yeah, it's Russell Wilson's first game back. Their defense actually played pretty well, uh, considering that they only gave up 17 points to that Aaron Rodgers-led offense. And it's just going to take a little bit of time for Russell Wilson to get back into it. I think he's going to do that against Arizona this weekend. All right. Uh, do we, do you want to say first team out or or? Do we um, my first team out is probably probably Carolina or Minnesota. I was going to say the Niners. I think the Niners are, are just barely off. Uh, they're finally getting healthy, and so they can yeah. definitely take that that seventh spot if they if they really get hot. Uh, but I don't know. They Yes, they did beat the Rams, but they also lost to Colt McCoy and James Conner the week before. Um, Next up, a very simple question. Are yeah. the Chiefs back? Yeah. You know, I don't think they ever were down. You know, I just I think they needed time for Mahomes to get comfortable with the new offensive line. I was looking at some film and over the past couple of weeks, one of Mahomes' problems was he just bailed out of the pocket after like two seconds because he he doesn't know these guys. They're either rookies or new free agents or guys off the street <laughs> in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're finally clicking with each other, which is not good for you, but good for Kansas City. Yeah, it's definitely not good for me. Uh I think the biggest thing that comes with Kansas City uh, playing well is is Chris Jones and, and just mm-hmm. him being on the field and with how good he is in the middle, uh, not just in the pass, but also in the run, because that run defense was was terrible to start the season. And I think 
as much as I hate to say it, their offense is is back to was what it once was uh, with their performance on Sunday night. Mahomes obviously diced up the Raiders. I think he was more he was playing his Mahomes way where he was relaxed. He was he wasn't forcing anything crazy. He was just taking what came to him. And when you have the the targets like Terry Kill and Travis Kelsey and McCall Hardman and Daryl Williams and eventually uh, Ceh as well, it's gonna everything's gonna click uh, for Kansas City. And I think it finally did on Sunday. So I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Lee. yes, just like mm-hmm. Skyler did. One of the somewhat surprise teams in the NFL this year has been the Patriots uh, with the emergence of Mac Jones, uh, the rookie quarterback. And man, they, they handed it to the, the the Browns over the weekend. They have two straight blowout wins, three, four straight wins in total uh, with the Jets, Chargers, Panthers, and, and Browns. And before that, I mean, they almost they almost beat the Cowboys in overtime, so that would have been a big win. But yeah. besides the point, there, uh, four straight wins for New England. They look very, very good. Are they a legit AFC contender? And if not, or if so, can they win the division? You know, this is not a team I like to see succeed ever. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why I predicted them to have 11 wins before the season started. You know, Mac Jones is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's not turning the ball over. He's getting the ball out quick. Their free agent signings were amazing. Hunter Henry, Matt Judon, Kendrick Bourne. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Buffalo can't run the ball right now. They've had really bad times of possession versus Jacksonville and the Jets. And they would have beat the Jets no matter what, just because Mike White played horrible. But without Stephon Diggs on their team, without Diggs lining up against our undrafted free agent corner and him throwing the ball to him like 14 times in a row, the Bills would have struggled badly against us. Um, I don't know right now if I'm going to make that uh, decision. New England finishes above them, but I am a little concerned about Buffalo. Even though they went, you know, the the average person sees 42-17, Buffalo kills the Jets. They're like, ah, same old Jets, Buffalo's good. Uh, Not many people watched the entire game like I did. Yeah. Uh, A little concerning. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Uh, I look at the Patriots schedule too. I mean, they play the Falcons on Thursday night. Then the Titans after that, uh, they have two Bills games sandwiched uh, in between or sandwiched uh, a Colts game, uh, the Jags and the Dolphins end their season. Quite honestly there, I see one loss. I see a Mm. loss maybe to the Bills. I don't think they sweep the Bills, but I think they definitely take one from them. And when you only lose five games and with how the Bills are playing, I think they do take the division because I I know the Bills still have to play – they still have to play uh, Tampa Bay and a couple yeah. hard teams as well. So I think it's going to be really tough for Buffalo just to hold on to that spot. AFC legit contenders. I'm going to say, no, I think they're just a tier below, mm. but can they win the division? Yes, they definitely can. I think there's a good chance that they will uh, with how Mac Jones has been playing. And same thing with how that defense has been playing, especially over the last two weeks. Uh, with that being said though, Let's go to halftime. All right. Let's take it. All right. So the first thing that we're going to do, just like we always do, just talk about the other games uh, that happened o- over the weekend. Uh, and we're going to start the one off uh, with the Dolphins-Ravens. Uh, crazy game. Uh, didn't awesome expect. Game. It was <laughs> Again, very... I hate the Dolphins, but 
I'm sorry. It was a good game. <laughs> yeah, it was a very weird game. Uh, the Dolphins win 22 to 10. It was the first time that we've really seen this Ravens offense just be shut down in the time that they've had Lamar. Now, the Miami Dolphins did that as they just sent pressure play after play after play. And they trusted their corners to, to make plays and trusted just their defense in general to not allow the Ravens subpar receivers to, to be better than them. And that's what happened. Uh, Lamar didn't really have a chance to run that often. He didn't really have a chance to, to escape or do anything because of how fast that Miami pass rush was. And I mean, they got the job done. Next up, Falcons, Cowboys, Cowboys handed to the Falcons, 43 to three. Falcons play on Thursday night versus the Pats. Uh, Titans beat the Saints 23 to 21, just like Skyler talked about earlier. Uh, a couple kicking issues from the Saints, and uh, well, a couple of those issues resolved means they win the game, but they didn't uh, lose 21 to 23. Colts beat the Jags 23 to 17. Jonathan Taylor, another great game. Patriots destroy the Browns 45 to 7. Uh, Bills Jets already talked about that. We had our first tie of the season. It mm-hmm. took until week 10. I think we got one week one, two, and three last year. Uh, but the Titans, or not the Titans, the Lions and the Steelers tie in Pittsburgh. There was no Big Ben in this game. Jared Goff sucked. It was it was just a terrible you game. Had like, no what, points. 16 passing yards at halftime? Yeah, something like that. No points in overtime. Uh, 16 to 16 tie. And the, the Lions... I will guarantee you will not lose every single game on the schedule this year, which is good. Washington Buccaneers already talked about that one. Washington wins 29 to 19. Carolina destroys the Cardinals 34 to 10. That was Colt McCoy uh, for the Cardinals though, instead of Kyler Murray Vikings beat the chargers 27 to 20. A uh, good win for the Vikings after just a couple of weeks ago, we were thinking they were done after losing to Cooper rush. They take down Justin Herbert in LA Eagles destroy the Broncos, uh, 30 to 13, kind of a weird game there. Uh, a lot of people thought the Broncos were going to have that a little bit closer. Packers shut out the Seahawks 17, nothing, uh, Raiders lose 41 to 14 on Sunday night football. And then Monday night football, the Niners manhandle the new look Rams, even though OBJ and Von Miller didn't play that much. Niners win 31 to 10. And now let's go to the NFL injuries. All right, so obviously the big one this year, this week, sorry, Chase Young tears his ACL against Tampa Bay. He's out for the year, which sucks because he's one of the the young new faces of the NFL, and mm. uh, pretty much any hope Ron Rivera wanted of having a little comeback this year and getting a extension, it's not looking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saquon Barkley says he looks pretty good, wants to return. Uh, against Tampa Bay Monday night. If they want to play a little little spoiler again, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not, honestly not even out of it in the no. NFC with uh, how that that's playing right now. Yeah. They have to play really well to, down the stretch, but I mean, they're not, it's not like it's a 0% chance. And uh, Niners running back Elijah Mitchell had a great game last night, fractured a finger. Um, the team's pretty optimistic he's going to be okay, but uh, just something to keep in mind. And one of the last injuries here, Cordell Patterson, uh, ankle injury, still questionable for Thursday night against the Patriots. That may be their only hope to beat them. Yeah, uh, no Cordell, then, they're definitely not winning that game. Yeah. One more note 
the Ravens released Le'Veon Bell, uh, which is interesting. He may get claimed by Wednesday, I'm reading right now, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't see why anyone would do that. Maybe Seattle. But, yeah, uh, Seattle's an option. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, as a Jets fan, I'm, I'm fine with that. We'll be <laughs> fine with Le'Veon Bell getting cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And one more note, before on Sunday, we did have a pretty bad injury with uh, Robert Woods tearing yes, his ACL, yes. isolated tear. Uh, that happened on Friday at practice, the day that they got OBJ, as the day that they're second. I don't know. It's just, yeah, second receiver tears his ACL. So that's a tough one for the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, as they try to bounce back from their, their blowout loss on Monday night. All right. Uh, let's talk about some college football. The rankings aren't out yet. It's 4 o'clock right now. The show should be starting soon, 50 seconds. Yeah, it, it should be starting any second. I have the timer up on my uh, TV right now because I'm watching Sports Center. It says yeah, about 45 seconds until that starts. Uh, so we should get to that by the end of the show. Uh, if you're really curious, just go look online because uh, it should be up online by the time that you're listening to it. Yeah. But if you're willing to stick around, stick around until the end for our reactions and a review on the CFP rankings. Yeah, but I, of course, got a couple games I want to talk about from this week's college football. The first one uh, was a Thursday night game. Pittsburgh gets the win in overtime against North Carolina. Uh, you know, a lot of questions about this quarterback class, but two pretty good quarterbacks faced off here. Kenny Pickett got the win over Sam Howell. This game was dumping rain and... Uh, You know, I'll talk more about Kenny Pickett, but Sam Howell, I'm kind of impressed with, too. Uh, You know, another guy who people wrote off who maybe it's not done yet. You know, another 300 yards. Uh, He's been showing he can run the ball, too. Uh, So that'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe Pittsburgh picks him up or something in the draft. They need a quarterback. (laughs) Next game, I want to talk about Baylor and Oklahoma. Baylor wins 27 to 14. Uh, Caleb Williams had an awful game, 140 yards, two interceptions, and the crowd was chanting for Spencer Rattler to come back in the game. And he did. He came back. He led a touchdown drive. Uh, nothing crazy. And Baylor wasn't very good either offensively. But uh, it's the defense, man. Big 12 defense is getting better maybe. Uh, but yeah, this, who knows? This, this eliminates Oklahoma from the playoff, mm. uh, which I guess rightfully so if uh, they're going to pull this on us. So sorry, Oklahoma fans. Yeah. Uh, next game was Michigan getting the win at Penn State. Penn State wasn't ranked, but this is still a big game for Michigan. Uh, Cade McNamara, Alex's guy, had three touchdowns, uh, and they played great defense. You know, this this keeps their playoff hopes alive. Um, and obviously, the show hasn't started yet, but I think they could get a little boost up here um, to make sure if they beat Ohio State, they get into the playoff. All right, and the last game I want to talk about, it's Oregon getting the win against Washington State. Uh, Nothing crazy about this game, really, but it's the implication of Oregon coming up here. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Travis Dye, the running back for Oregon, is he's just a touchdown monster this year. But the thing about Oregon is they're playing at Utah next week. It's a tough game, man. It's tough to play at Utah. Utah's a favorite heading in, and... Oregon's ranked third in the nation, Kyle. Yeah. This is huge. I mean, I 
It's not that I'm hoping they lose because uh, <laughs> I, I want Cincy to get in. And I think that's the easiest pass for Cincy to get in because if Ohio State loses to either Michigan State or Michigan, then maybe they want to put them in. But if Oregon loses or Bama loses, I think that's by far the easiest way for, for Cincy to, to get that playoff spot. Hey, Kyle, how are you going to react when uh, the committee puts Michigan ahead of Cincinnati today? That, that's going to be terrible. <laughs> I, I really hope they don't. But it would be the most college football, college football thing to do yeah. ever. But yeah, Oregon, they got to win to survive. But, you know, if they get this tough win, it's looking good for them. But now we'll go on to the Heisman, top five. Um, it's very similar again this week. Number five, I have Matt Corral. He's dropping down to the five spot. 250 yards and a touchdown. Did get the win against Texas A&M. Did everything he had to do. But, uh, you know, he's not, it's not those Heisman numbers that we're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. It sucks. But he's still having a great year, you know, so he's number five. Uh, number four is Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pittsburgh. I uh, talked about him a little bit. 350 yards, three touchdowns in the snow. Not the snow, the rain. Win against North Carolina. Um, great for him, man. They're going to get into a, a pretty big bowl game here. And if he doesn't opt out, uh, we're going to see him going against uh, top defense. Should be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. He had five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Jesus Christ. I'm sick still. Sorry, guys. Uh, five touchdowns against New Mexico. He's got 33 passing touchdowns to three interceptions only. And uh, we're going to see him play some good teams here coming up. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Number two, Kenneth Walker, running back Michigan State. Another 170 total yards, two touchdowns, and a win against Maryland. He's got a huge one against Ohio State coming up. Yeah, that should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, and number one, I still have Will Anderson Jr., linebacker from Alabama. He had another two sacks and I think one drive against New Mexico, and then they took him out. Jeez. They said he's done. He's got 12 total sacks now. Uh, that's first in Division One. Uh, this is a guy who would be going number one overall in the draft, but he's not eligible. He's only a sophomore. Uh, I just I know you guys don't like it. But I feel like he's the most outstanding player in college football this year. So he's my number one for now. It's been it's been a very underwhelming year yeah. in college football. Top twenty five. The first five teams just got let out. Mississippi State, U, Houston, Utah. I like Houston. Uh San Antonio, who's ten and oh, and then Arkansas. Uh so we'll continue to get that to you as well as our live reaction, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Houston's, we'll Houston could have a, a big uh, championship game against Cincinnati coming up. That's a big one. That's true. And and them being ranked actually means a lot for Cincy as well, because when you look at it, if Cincy beats some, that's going to be another ranked win. And, yeah. I mean, the committee loves those ranked wins. <laughs> but that's going to do it uh, for halftime, I believe. And yeah. now let's get back towards your head at. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is right. two AFC West teams that have been on a slide recently, first of which being the Chargers. Uh, they lose a tough one to Minnesota. They lost to the Patriots a couple weeks ago. What's what's wrong with the Chargers, man? You know, they haven't been able to run the ball great. Uh, their best running back this year has been Justin Jackson, which no knock on. Do you want to stop and do the live reaction? Since we got the uh, new... Uh, or keep going. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We'll, right. we'll, so, we'll do this. I know it's kind of weird. But. It, yeah, it's going to be tough. But so 20, we had NC State. 19, San Diego State. They go up three. Pittsburgh jumps up three to, to 18. 
Iowa to 17 and then 16 after their loss is Texas A&M. Uh, well, what are your thoughts here, man? Big thing here for me is they only dropped Texas A&M five spots. Uh, I feel like they're trying to help out Alabama a little bit. Um, yeah, I, ever since uh, they beat Bama, I mean, it's obviously right that they, they got back into the rank because, I mean, if you beat Bama, you're obviously yeah. a good football team. But, I mean, they they do this because if they see Texas A&M is a, a good team that Bama is losing to, then they're more willing to to put Bama higher. Yeah. And uh, also here, San Diego State bumps up to 19. Big win against... Nevada. And, you know, they don't even have their home stadium this year. Um, they're yeah. renovating. They're playing at in Carson where the Chargers played, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it's big. Another this is the highest uh, Mountain West team for sure. One of the highest group of five teams. Uh, yeah, they're, they're getting a, a, a new stadium in, yeah. in San Diego. And that stadium, I, I've looked at it a couple times on what they're supposed to look like. It is going to be really, really sick. So good for San Diego State. It's a oh, cool yeah. place to go to school. Cool place to live. Uh, shout out to my boy, Ian. Or our boy, Ian. <laughs> and uh, Iowa at 17. Another Big Ten team here. Maybe um, trying to help out some of the Big Ten guys. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe just, they are too, but they had a horrible... Oh, here we go. All right. Here's 15 through 11. At 15, we have Wisconsin. 14, BYU. 13 after their first loss of the season is Oklahoma. Ole Miss uh, goes up to 12 and Baylor at 11. Wow. <laughs> First off with Wisconsin, I don't really know what they did this past week. They uh, beat uh, Northwestern, I think. They, they've just been uh, pounding the ball. They got a running back who is a sophomore this year. Yeah. Who's He's, he's going to be good. He's going to be an NFL player. Yeah, but another Big Ten team, so there's that. Uh, BYU Stays the same at 14. They're kind of a weird team because, again, outside of the Power Five, so they're not really yeah, looked no at too, too much. Hey, they look pretty uh, good against Virginia, though, so good for them. Yeah, true. Uh, Oklahoma drops five spots to, to 13. We knew that this this win would take – or this loss would take them out of the, the, the reigning sort of playoffs, but down five, that, that's quite a bit. Yeah, I do. I notice here, I know I'm skipping over 12 here, but the fact that they bumped up Baylor only to 11 just shows you they don't think these are very good teams. They don't yeah. like the Big 12 this year. They, they they hadn't liked the Big 12 at all this year. They punished Oklahoma more for almost losing a game than they did for Bama actually losing a game, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty interesting. Uh, and then number 12, uh, like Skyler said, uh, we skipped over it a little bit. Yeah. But Ole Miss, uh, uh, after their good win against Texas A&M, Matt Corral, obviously, the head there. They're one of the top c- quarterbacks in all of college football. Uh, and they're, they're setting themselves up nicely for, for what's going to be a really good bowl game, especially if Matt Corral decides to play in that game. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Ole Miss is I really don't think this is a great team. Uh, you know, the defense yeah. has gotten a little better recruiting-wise. And I do like Matt Corral. He's been awesome this year. But I think, again, this game against Alabama that they played, uh, that's what this is. You know, Ole Miss, if, if they didn't lose to Alabama. Well, if they beat Bama, they'd be they'd be like a playoff team right oh, now. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if if they got blown out by Alabama or didn't even play them, they wouldn't be ranked 12th here. Um, 
Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, but what yeah, do you think sure. they'd be ranked if, if, they, if Bama wasn't on the schedule? If Bama wasn't on the schedule, they'd be near Arkansas, I think. Yeah, sure. So interesting. See, <laughs> see how long this takes for us to get to know. Oh, there it is, number 10, Wake Forest. Uh, one of the most high-powered offenses in all of college football. Uh, I mean, they, they lost just a couple weeks ago against UNC. But now, I guess they bounce back and they're at number 10. The interesting thing about Wake Forest, I might have talked about it last week, but they've played pretty much the same exact schedule that Clemson has been playing the past five years. And I was just curious to see if they went undefeated, would they actually get the nod? Because Clemson has been ranked either one or two mm-hmm. with a nine, you know, a nine and one record with the same yeah. exact schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting. But hey, Sam Hartman, their quarterback, a uh, little under uh, uh, recruited, but uh, he's been playing great for Wake Forest. Yeah, I think that like Clemson team, I think people kind of just realized uh, how good their players were in general. And that's why mm-hmm. they kind of got the more respect side of of the, the poll voting because I mean, they had Lawrence, obviously, they had ETN. They had Renfro for a while. They had Amari Rogers. They had all, all, all these different guys that were, were studs on their team, uh, also on the defensive side of the ball as well. But, I mean, when you look at Wake Forest's team, there there isn't that number one QB, Jesus, that's been the number one prospect for the last six years. Uh, that's probably why Wake Forest is, is where they are now instead of being that top team. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State. I don't they really have up. much to say about Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think they they're just uh, a solid team in the Big Twelve. They were ten last week. Um, they lost to Iowa State. That's their one loss. But they beat mm-hmm. Texas big, and uh, so TCU, who was kind of playing spoiler, they beat Baylor two weeks ago. Oklahoma State beat TCU this week, sixty-three to seventeen. Jeez. I think maybe that's why they get a bump here. Or, you know, and of course, Oklahoma gets dropped out. That helps, too. Yeah, that's probably the main reason. There seems like they're being pretty careful here, uh, the committee. But, yeah, and, you know, this is the highest Big 12 team. Just realized. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be – that Big 12 championship is going to be pretty interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they could play back-to-back. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State last game of the year. Here we go. Number eight is Notre Dame. Uh, one of just a weird team in college football every single year because of their conference situation. Uh, but they find themselves at number eight, up one spot from last week. You know, I kind of feel bad for Notre Dame because they've had a lot of big injuries this year. Um, Kyle Hamilton hasn't played since October. Even Jack mm-hmm. Cohen hasn't played that much. It's it's pretty much just been Kyron Williams, sophomore running back, and. Uh, Sorry, Michael Mayer, tight end, uh, who's a beast, man. He had seven catches for 84 yards. Uh, he's only a sophomore, 6'4", 250 pounds. I think this could be a first-round guy. He, he reminds me of like a Tyler Eifert type guy, mm. just a monster over the middle. Yeah, and, I know uh, Kyron Williams, uh, that guy's legit with, with how he's played this last, this year. And I've seen a couple of his runs uh, the last few uh months or so but yeah so we are i think they're gonna take a commercial break yeah uh, until they do that so let's roll (laughs) into back to our 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 nfl headlines then once we 
get back from commercial, we'll come back to this. But like we were talking about with the Chargers, uh, you said stuff about the run game and, and yeah. talk more about that. So uh, Justin Jackson is their leading rusher this year by game, at least, you know, 79 yards. And that's not a knock on Austin Eckler. Um, he's been great in the passing game, but it's just, it doesn't help out Justin Herbert, you know? And for that reason too, they haven't done anything in the fourth quarter this year. You look at some of the close games they played, they haven't had more than seven points in the fourth quarter, maybe 10. Yeah. Uh, I think they had, they might've had more in, in the game against Cleveland, but that was just kind of a rarity in this. Mm. Uh, but with that being said, the chargers are, it's Herbert the last few weeks, honestly, uh, going back to when it, when it started with the Baltimore game and they just did not play well on that one. And then it also comes to stopping the run as well. I know they have one of the worst run defenses all in football. Jerry Tillery sucks. He, he's one of the worst yeah. interior defensive linemen that we've, we've seen in the NFL the last few got years. COVID, by the way. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he got COVID. Same thing with Joey Bosa ahead of their yeah. Sunday night matchup with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they just they can't stop the run uh, is the biggest thing for me. Uh, but I guess we're getting back to this college football show. Uh, yeah. Pretty quick commercial break, I guess. Uh, so Georgia's one, as usual. Bama, number two. It's kind of funny that they, they have not ranked on the yeah. thing for, for, for Bama and Oregon. But Bama, two. Oregon, three. Uh, I think we know who's going to be four. Five, six, seven were, were the big numbers this week uh we're gonna see ohio state at number four and then from there it's uh, it's between Cincy, michigan state and michigan and we'll see how you know, they we decide to go from that we have seen the committee likes to tweak things around just a little bit just a little bit no drastic moves but uh like i said i wouldn't be surprised if michigan gets bumped up ahead of uh, cincinnati here but other than that i feel like we should be staying the same yeah and of course now they they decide to pause for dramatic effect here for <laughs> four five six and seven yeah. And yeah, Ohio, it's Ohio state, state number four so as of right now if the college football playoffs were to start today we'd see bama and oregon which is an interesting game and then we'd also see georgia and ohio state again honestly I, I think we see two blowouts here <laughs> yeah but but nonetheless it'd be a great test for georgia uh, as far as their defense goes against uh, probably the best offense they see all season Mm-hmm. But the rankings are going to change. Georgia is going to play Bama uh, in, in the college football uh, in their SEC championship. Yeah, game, sorry. Yeah. And so they're going to play each other. And I mean, we'll see how it goes from there. Mm-hmm. And, see, you know, uh, Oregon may not even be ranked in the top 10 when we're all done here, too, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they if they lose twice more, I think that's how they get out of the top ten. I, if they lose just once more, they they stay in the top ten for sure. Yeah, you know, Michigan State plays Ohio State. Uh, I talked about this. This, this is the big yeah. game, of course. If they can stop, okay. And since he stays at number five, that's something I'm completely happy about. Is I mean, they're ten and zero, one of the best teams in college football, and in my opinion, they're a top four team in college football. So it looks like there's not going to be any changes in the top seven this week. Yeah, uh, unless they they do something crazy again where they put Michigan State over Michigan. Yeah. X, I don't know. I, we'll see real quick if, if they say anything here or pop it up. But uh, we should it should be the exact same as what. Yeah, yeah. Let's be. let's keep moving on. They're they're not going to change anything. All righty. 
So we talked about the Chargers. Now let's talk about the Raiders. What's wrong with them, Skyler? I, I know you. my answer is probably going to be a little bit more biased, yeah. but you know, well, what is your, your look from the outside? I'm going to take the notes I had from last week. We ended up not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much the same thing. I also added one more point, but this is not a fluke. You know, there's so many distractions. Now that Damon Arnett has gone to, I have the same stance as I've been having with the Raiders. They need a lot of luck. Um, and my note that I added, Deshaun Jackson needs to stay on the sideline. Well, uh, I don't think it's over for the Raiders, but let, you know, they, they, they need some luck here. They need to beat Kansas City one more time. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it just ended up being too much for the Raiders. Uh, they, they've had the most distractions an NFL team has had uh, in, in recent memory or, or just memory in general where they had a coach get kicked out in the middle of the season, not because of poor play, but because of things that happen off the field. You have your top wide receiver uh, whose impact we can really see now, now that he's gone, uh, do the things that he did. Uh, Damon Arnett, another first round pick in that draft doing just stupid things uh, the next week. And, and when it comes down to it, I think it just became too much. Uh, and, and Skyler said that, that Deshaun Jackson needs to stay off the field. I really think him being on the field is what the Raiders do need though. Uh, it's because they need a four stretcher. They just need a I guy understand that can, that. can, move, understand. can op- open up the deep ball, even if he's not used that much. Even if he doesn't get thrown the ball that much, you, you still have that one or two guys that say, hey, uh, that's Deshaun Jackson. We have to put a guy back there because he might just run past us for a 75-yard touchdown and then drop the ball at the one-yard line and give it back to us. But that's besides the point, what, what he does with the football. He, but he's going to be back there is a the thing. And when you have that, it opens up the intermediate routes for, for Waller and Renfro, as well as the run game, because you don't have the, those extra guys in the box uh, for Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. But it, it, it's just been too much uh, for the Raiders, in, in my opinion. They had too many distractions and uh, a year where everything was going right uh, at 5-2, and 3-0, and oh, whatever it is. Uh, and then whenever you thought things we're finally good for once. You get punched in the gut, just like how the last 18 years have been for this team, mm. which sucks. But hopefully Devontae comes uh, across my fingers, and uh, hopefully we see Devontae in the silver and black next year. Next up, we're going to talk about the Titans. They're 8-2. and two. They have the best record in the AFC right now. Obviously, no Derrick Henry. Uh, and, and your kind of opinion here on, on what, what Derrick Henry's timetable looks like as far as him coming back is kind of going to affect your answer to this question as well. Yeah. Are the Titans the AFC favorite? I think they have to be at this point. Um, even without Derrick Henry, uh, they're getting the job done. I'll say, you know, the defense has been unstoppable. Of course, that's, that's a big reason. And I, I just, I can't find a reason why Tennessee is this good. I've looked at all the numbers they're not leading in yards. They're not leading in turnover differential. They're not leading in time of possession. It just makes no sense at all. And for that reason, I think they're the best team in the AFC. <laughs> I think somehow win. What, what really makes it weird is you just have to take out the first four weeks of the season. The, the first four weeks of the season where they put, they got destroyed by the Cardinals they, they barely beat the Seahawks, they beat the, the Colts, and they, they lose to the Jets. You take out those four games, 
and sort with the stats by then just in the whole NFL, I think you, you'll find the stats that show you on, on why this team has been so good. Uh, and right now they're, they're, they're one seed in the AFC. And if you have the one seed, you get the buy and then you have that divisional round and boom, Derrick Henry's back on the field. It's over for, for a lot of these AFC teams that they're going to be going against. And with that being said, I think it's impossible to, to not put the Titans as the, the AFC favorite. And I think that number one seed is so probable with just how their schedule is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just explain what the schedule is right now. So this upcoming week, they play the Titans. I'll give that nine and two. They play the Patriots the week after that. I'll say they lose that one. That's a tough game in, in New England. Patriots are hot. They're nine and three. Then they play the Jags. Jags are a team that suck. So 10 and three. You play the Steelers after that and then the Niners. You take one out of two, I'll give you 11 and four. Then the next two games, Dolphins and Texans again, those are two wins. You get 13 and four. And with how the AFC has been this year, four wins is going to get you the one seed. And when you have the one seed and you got Derrick Henry coming back, you are legit. Now, just like we do for every episode, we have our MVP rankings, our deploy rankings, and our rookie of the year rankings. Do you have any honorable mentions for the rookies before we get started? Honorable mentions for the rookies, I have a lot. Oh. I have Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. I have Aziz Ojalari. I have Creed Humphrey, the chief center. Yeah. And I have both Michael Carters from the Jets. Uh, along with some of those guys that Skyler said, like Holland and uh, Creed Humphrey, my honorable mentions are going to be Michael Parsons and Nick Bolton, uh, one of the leading tackle for loss leaders in, in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Now on to number three. Number three, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Uh, once again, 100-yard game. You know, I have been reluctant to put him on my list because I feel I felt like he was a product of the scheme, but he's getting the job done. He's from the Bay Area. I got to put him on there. Yeah. Najee is a beast. Uh, he's been going off all year. I had him at two last week. I am moving him down to three just because of other people's play, not because yeah. of his. Uh, but he is at three for me. Now on to number two. Number two, sticking with Jamar Chase, um, you know, has a chance to break Justin Jefferson's records. He's having a great year. Slowed down a little bit, so he's down mm-hmm. to two, uh, but still a great year. Yeah, and I, Skeller was talking about has a chance to break Justin Jefferson's records. Yeah. That's that puts that LSU team in more perspective. Yes. Is that you have perhaps two of the greatest rookie wide receivers of all time, if not the two greatest. You have a quarterback. I mean, I know he's been subpar this year, but he's still scoring a lot of touchdowns. And then you also have CEH, who's, who's a great running back as well. And then obviously defense and the rest yes. of the pieces on <laughs> offense. Uh, but Jamar Chase is my number two guy as well. Goes down one spot. And now on to number one. Yeah, it's Mac Jones. It's been Mac Jones for a while for me. And he's uh, really proven my point. You know, he's having a great year and being a quarterback helps him that much more. Yeah, I'm going Big Mac as well. Uh, Skyler made a good point about him a couple weeks ago. He's just he's a quarterback. Uh, I think that's really what helps him. Uh, And even though he might not have his performance in general might not be the best rookie performance. If you're a quarterback, 
you're a rookie and you lead the team to the playoffs, you will win rookie of the year. So Mac Jones, Big Mac, goes up two spots to my number one. Now on to honorable mentions for the deep boy. All right. I got Trayvon Diggs, Matt Judon, Kevin Byard, and Jeffrey Simmons. Sorry, I forgot his first name. There's a lot of Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Let me throw a couple of Titans uh, for the honorable mentions. Harold Landry, who has 10 sacks, and Kevin Byard, who has five picks. And, and I mean, the Titans defense, I know we're not on this point anymore, but the Titans defense is the main reason why why they've yeah. been playing so good this last six weeks and why they have a six-game winning streak. On to number three. Yeah, number three, I'm going to go with uh, with Harold Landry here. Like you said, 10 sacks, uh, one of the main reasons why Tennessee's Eight and two. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's number three. Number three for me is going to be the same as last week, and that's uh, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, he hasn't really done much the last few weeks, but he still has those eight interceptions, the same point that we've been coming back to the last few weeks. Uh, kind of crazy. And when I was looking at a video of, of him and Stefan going at it in the offseason, uh, in training and how, how awesome and how beneficial do you think that is for both of them where they, they could say, Hey bro, want to come over or run routes against each other and, uh, and train. And, and that's two pro bowl level players going at it. it. And that's, I mean, that's great training. Especially for Trayvon, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, no one expected this out of him this year, you know, you can go train with, what might be the best receiver in the league. Yeah. It it definitely helps him a lot. And uh, yeah. And that takes us to number two. All right. I don't have a number two, so go ahead. You don't have a number two. Oh, nope. cause you have a co. I do. Okay. <laughs> My number two is going to be miles Garrett. Uh, I mean, he's still very, very good, uh, but there's another guy who's just a little bit better. On to co number one for scaling. Yeah, I have a similar thought here uh, with TJ Watt has been my number two for all these weeks, but I can't mm-hmm. drop Miles Garrett from the number one spot because he's also been way too good to be the number two. So I have co leaders right now: Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. They both get multiple sacks every week. They're unstoppable. Yeah, they they really are unstoppable. And now, uh. I'll say my number one is going to be TJ Watt. He, he's a game wrecker. He has been absolutely amazing for the Steelers. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about him once we get to the MVP talk. <laughs> I like it. And let's get to uh, honorable mentions now for the MVP. All right. I got Cooper Cup. He's been consistent all year on pace to shatter Jerry Rice, Megatron, any receiver you could think of. I have a couple honorable mentions uh, before we get into it. Uh, it's actually about five guys. Uh, so I have Patrick Mahomes as an honorable mention. I have Jonathan Taylor as an honorable mention. I have Dak Prescott as an honorable mention. Lamar Jackson as an honorable mention. And Miles Garrett as an honorable mention as well. And did you say your five or was that your honorable mention? That's my one. Okay. There's, there's oh, more, but I just, I, you know, I, I wanted to highlight them, you know. Yeah, of course. On to number five. All right, number five, I have Tom Brady. He takes a big dip this week because he had a bad game. 
But, uh, you know, we still in the top five. I think that that speaks for itself. Uh, even if Brady has one of the worst games he's ever played, um, I think he's going to be up here all year. He's got all the numbers and he's doing at 44, man. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Uh, but number five for me is going to be Josh Allen. Uh, it was unranked for me going into this this week. Uh, and he, he played well. I mean, he didn't play bad against the Jets. And yeah. with how the MVP list has been shaking up, especially for quarterbacks in the last few weeks, definitely makes sense to me that, that Josh Allen is on here. All right. Now on to number four. And this is the big reason why I have co-depoy winners. I have Garrett and Watt tied at four for the MVP. Because uh, I honestly, I couldn't pick one. I think they're both equally uh, valuable to their teams as, you know, the best player by far on the roster. Um, mm. and like you said, you know, we don't really have a top guy right now. So this mm-hmm. would be the year. One of these guys, if they have a crazy enough game, they could shoot up the leaderboard. Yeah. I mean, if Garrett or, or Watt had a three, four sack game, it becomes very, very realistic that, that these guys are, are the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number four for me, it's going to be Tom Brady. Uh, back-to-back losses for the Bucks is what really kind of tanks this. He was my number one for the last few weeks, and now he drops to four after another pretty poor performance. Now on to number three. Number three, I have Kyler Murray. Hasn't played for two weeks now, um, but when he has played, he's been amazing. He's made a Cardinals team that some people, and by some people, I mean me, you know, thought it was a bold pick to pick him as the seventh seed. Um, has just skyrocketed them to the top of the best conference in football division and conference, I guess. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. So Kyler Murray, you know, if he comes back and uh, shows no signs of injury, uh, he should be chilling, but he's at the three spot right now. Yeah. Kyler's in a weird spot. I kind of take them down just because we don't really see a lot of MVPs that miss a good amount of games. And if he's missing games, then I don't think he he's in the conversation anymore. Uh, but number three for me is going to be Cooper cup. I mean, he's put in the head the, the season that is just, it's insane. Let, let me go, go by the numbers real quick. I mean, first off he has 116 targets. Uh, and that's, that's just insane in general. That leaves the NFL. He has 85 receptions that leaves the NFL by once I pull it up one second, it leaves the NFL by 10 receptions uh he has 1141 yards and that leads the nfl by nearly 150 uh so that's over 150 so that's pretty crazy he had a very quiet 11 catch 122 yard game yesterday and when you can do that quietly it's you're in the mvp talk so he is my number three now on to number two Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, could be questionable. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, not a great start. But the reasoning for this is because if he turns this thing around and takes the one or two seed, I think it's clear who is the most valuable in this mm-hmm. league, and he should win it in that scenario. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. But those interceptions are a little bit too much for me to, to even even think about him being in that top five scenario. So I put Aaron Rodgers at number two, up three spots from where he was last week at five. Uh, he didn't have his greatest game, but he won the game. And that's what a lot of people aren't doing right now. And then NFL is, is winning. So Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers to that eight and two record that they have right now. Uh, and eight and one in the games that he's played in. 
I'd say the number two spot is very fitting, mm-hmm. especially with how this number one guy has been playing. Yeah. Who is your MVP right now, Skyler? My MVP right now should be Derrick Henry, but he's hurt, Damn. which sucks. Yeah. So I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he did miss a game due to COVID, but uh, it's like he flipped a switch after week one. It's like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try now, and no one can stop me. And with a, pretty much a wide-open league, um, Aaron Rodgers has been one of the only consistent quarterbacks this year. I think yeah, that, it was like- uh he owes a lot, you know. Uh-huh. It was like he was showing something in week one, which is, is just – it's so weird because we've never seen anything like the situation that he, he's in uh, just with how he acts and how he says things and all the social media time that he gets because of his weekly interview with uh, – like he's Pat an McAfee. NBA player. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very, very active even if he's not super active at social media in general – uh, so we get to hear his views all the time because Pat McAfee just asks the best questions, honestly. Uh, but my number one is a defensive player, and it's T.J. Watt. Yeah. Uh, without T.J. Watt, the Steelers' defense would not be that good. Uh, I know he doesn't lead the league in, in sacks. Uh, Miles Garrett has half more than him, and I know Miles Garrett was way behind Watt uh, in my rankings. But Garrett doesn't have a single forced fumble. He doesn't have uh, nearly the same impact in the pass deflection game that TJ Watt does. Yeah. And that's why I'm putting Watt higher and I'm putting him at the number one spot uh, for NFL MVP right now. And I think that's very fitting for him. That's fair. This is going to be interesting, man. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be interesting down the stretch. Uh, going into week 11, and it's it's been a very, very quick season. We'll see what we're, what we're talking about next week or, or five weeks on the line or 10 weeks on the line. Now let's get to our bets. And it was, it was another rough week. I Oof. mean, it's been a tough, tough few weeks for, for everybody uh, who, who bets in the NFL uh, with just all the upsets and, and how the easy games have gone in the last few weeks. So we didn't get a single one of our layups, right? I have picked Tampa Bay minus nine and a half versus Washington. They lost by 10. Skeller had Arizona minus 10 versus Carolina. They lost by 24. And Brett had minus seven and a half versus Miami. They lost by 12. So we didn't even get close on any of our bets, which, which kind of sucks. But hopefully we can bounce back this week. And I'm starting that off with Green Bay minus two and a half versus Minnesota. That's just two little points. Uh, the, the field goal, I think, is a big point in this. And if they win by a field goal, I win. So I'm fine with that. All right, I'm going to go with SMU plus 12 at Cincinnati. I don't think SMU is going to win this game, but Cincinnati's been in some close games this year. Um, They only beat Tulsa by eight. They only beat Navy by seven. And uh, Tanner Mordecai, SMU quarterback, is is having a great year. He transferred from Oklahoma because they chose Rattler over him because Rattler, you know, is a little more famous. So Hmm. that kind of sucks. But, uh, you know, 33 Oh, it's 37 touchdowns now. They updated it from last week. And that is, I believe, second or third in the nation. So great for Tanner Mordecai, man. Yeah. Uh, Since he has been pulling away, or they did pull away in the fourth quarter of the last game against, uh, I forget who they were playing, Uh, but they they did pull away out of this last week. And hopefully since he does that again, because I want them them to win by a lot. So sorry, Skyler, but just how it is for me. 
Uh, on to our bold predictions. Uh, we got one of three right, which is, I mean, when you talk about predictions, actually isn't that bad. Uh, I got my bold prediction right, and that was Philly over Denver. And Philly won big in Denver, so I'm very happy about that. Skyler had Cleveland over New England. Oof. Uh, that was a tough one, to say the least. Uh, and then Brett had Las Vegas over Kansas City, and that as well was a tough one, uh, not just for Brett's bet, but also for my heart. Uh, but for this week, though, bold prediction, the Jets over the Miami Dolphins, you minus wrong. three uh, <laughs> right now. I, I think the Jets went out right, and uh, I think that that's a game that, I mean, Miami, they, they just came off a big win, uh, and then obviously the Jets came off of a tough loss. I. I, I don't like this. I think that spread's a little too close. Uh, I think uh, it's a very good chance that knew it, the Jets win this one. All right. That'd be cool for sure. But uh, I'm going to take Washington over Carolina. Uh, looking like Cam Newton is going to start, which I mm-hmm. do not like for Carolina because I don't know. It, it just seems like, yeah, he had some great plays, you know, but once the defense focuses in on that for 60 plays, not just three, they're going to be in trouble. Washington defense is still going to be good without Chase Young. Uh, Kyle talked about it. Their offense is finally coming together. They're running the ball like crazy, running clock. Uh, I like Washington here. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little bit on the Cam Newton slander before we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I know a lot of the Cam Newton slanders. Oh, he threw nine touchdown passes last year. He, he's not going to be good. But when you look at the receivers that he was throwing to, I mean, New England's New England's receivers weren't aren't good this year, and they got a lot of improvement this past year with Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and all adding all those guys. You take all four of those guys away, you got what Cam Newton had to deal with last year. Those guys were trash last year, uh, and he he still kept them in a lot of games. So that's my piece on Cam Newton. I Carolina as my sixth seed, so I kind of got to defend him a little bit there. Yeah, Yeah. That's going to do it for episode 62. Uh, do we have any parting notes? Uh, there's going to be some more crazy upsets next week, college and the pros. Uh, maybe some some talk in halftime about MLB signings next week. Yeah, we did have a couple the past few days. So I don't know. Yeah. Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez signed with the Tigers. Yep. Uh, we had Noah Syndergaard signing with the Angels. Mm-hmm. Jose Barrios signing a big extension with the Blue Jays, seven years, $130 million. How old is he? Uh, he's like 26, 27. You know, it makes sense. Uh, everyone else is going to be around for that amount of time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not upset with that. Yeah, I feel like I was going to be content with no matter what because it's yeah. kind of just random for, for us to care about those signings. But yeah. nonetheless, Blue Jays keep one of their guys uh, ahead of Robbie Ray's big uh, for agency. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, nonetheless, episode 62 is done. Stephen Curry's career high. Maybe he'll set a new one tonight against the Nets. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. Deuces.